Welcome to today's program, The Beauty of Grace, and I'm Pastor Pete Norris of Harvest Fellowship Church, Goldsboro, North Carolina, and it's so wonderful to have you with us today, and, and we've been talking about this week after the cross, because I think there's some revelation that the body of Christ really needs to understand, because I think a lot of preachers are preaching out of Deuteronomy, they're preaching out of Leviticus, they're preaching out of Numbers, and they're preaching a bunch of law, and law is the is the only thing that grace, you cannot preach law and grace, and if you don't understand, it looked like God was a God that was mad with people in Exodus, and he looked like he was mad with people in Leviticus and Deuteronomy, and, and, he, and all these blessings and curses was going to come on, so we obeyed all the 613 rules, then the blessing would would come on us if we didn't, if we broke one of them. And maybe yesterday, this past Saturday, you worked. Well, you may have eaten some meat. Well, you've broken some of the laws, so now you're under the curse. But not a, not because of God's, God's, God's marvelous grace. You and I are under the marvelous grace of God. Now, I want you to watch it. Look at Leviticus chapter 5, verse 17. And if a soul sin and commit any of these things which are forbidden to be done by the commandments of the Lord, though he was not, yet he is guilty and shall bear his iniquity. I want to read that to you in the New Living Translation because I think it explains it a little bit better. Suppose you sin by violating one of the Lord's commands. Even if you are unaware of what you've done, you are guilty and will be punished for your sin. Now, there's so many people that still believe that we're going to be punished. That we know When you get sick, God's trying to teach you something. He's trying to get you on your back so He can talk to you. Listen, my friend, we're not under the law anymore. We're under God's marvelous grace. I want you to see it, uh, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 9, and, and I think this is going to help you to be enlightened a little bit on this. Which was a figure for a time then present in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect. Now, we see this word perfect here. It's talking about a perfect conscience as pertaining to the conscious. So we see here that they could never be clear. In other words, under the old covenant, they would bring the sacrifice to the priest. The priest would have to go get himself clean because he had sin in his life. He had to go get himself clean before he could enter in with your sacrifice. Why? And he never could bring his conscience to, per- to perfection. But we see here that something happened in Hebrews chapter 10, 1 through 4. For the law having a shadow of good things to come, not the very image of things that can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year, continually make the comers thereunto perfect. Perfect in what? in their conscience. And then would they not have ceased to be offered because that the worshippers once purged should have no more consciousness of sin. But in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sin. Remember what John said in John one twenty nine. He saw Jesus coming and John said, Behold the Lamb of God that's going to take away the sin of the world. Now we see here that in the Old Covenant they would bring the, the lamb to the priest. The, the priest would check the lamb. If the lamb was good, then you could go home and you were free. Let me tell you something. Jesus is our lamb. And God checked the lamb and the lamb is good. So you're good. You don't have to be checked every year. So under the old covenant, they would come and bring their sacrifices once a year. And as they brought that sacrifice, if they went home and they were riding or walking with their wife on the way home and they done something that they should not have done and broke one of the, the commandments, immediately they were under sin consciousness until the next year because the sacrifice couldn't be done to the Day of Atonement of the next year. So they stayed in a, in a constant battle of sin consciousness. Now I'm going to make a statement that's going to be a pretty hard thing for some of you to, uh, to swallow. The church is doing the same thing today with, with, sac- with confessing every 13 seconds. You know, Lord, I've missed you. Lord, I, I, I please forgive me. He, he doesn't have a choice but to forgive you because he, he 
he loves you that much that his son died and redeemed you from all of your sin. Now watch what Hebrews 10 and 5 says. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body thou hast prepared for me. Now look at Hebrews 10, 10 and 11. By thee which will, we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest standeth daily ministering, often offering oftentimes the same sacrifice which can never take away sin. But then look at Hebrews 10, 14. With by one offering he hath perfected our conscience forever them that are sanctified. So we see here that with one offering he has forever perfected our conscience. Now, how is our conscience perfected if we're continuously thinking about what we're doing sin in every moment? Every 13 seconds the body of Christ is continuously thinking about their sins. They're continuously running to God to confess. The preachers are telling them, if you got one sin in your life, then you're not going to go to heaven. I totally agree. But I come along believing according to Hebrews 10, 14, by one offering he has perfected our conscience forever them that are sanctified. So am I, am I, am I perfected with one offering forever? Absolutely. Do I have to ask him every time I miss it? Absolutely not. Repent means that simply means to change the way you're thinking. The only place sin still lives is in your mind because we've been programmed to believe you better get it right. You're going to slip up. You're going to slide into hell. Having good intentions is good in God. That's not grace. Grace God undeferred favor. You don't deserve it, but he gave it to you anyway because he loves you that much. See, that's the, that's the wonderful thing about God's grace. God loves you so much that His grace is absolutely free. You don't have to do anything to earn it. The church is still in the servanthood mentality when we need to be in sonship mentality. That's the beauty of grace.